The Productive Woman, Episode 434. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about procrastination. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 434. This episode is brought to you by one of my very favorite essential productivity tools and a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and that's Text Expander. Take your time back with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, they all take precious time away from you. But with Text Expander, you can take it back. And they're offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off your purchase if you use my link, textexpander.com slash tpw, and enter the code tpw when you order. You don't need to waste time typing or cutting and pasting things that you've already worded perfectly. Simply create a snippet that you save in Text Expander, and you'll never need to retype it again. Your snippets are saved to the cloud, so they're available on all your devices, whether Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. A snippet is an abbreviation. It's just a few keystrokes that will automatically expand into the text you've assigned it to. So I have dozens of snippets for frequently used text. Everything from phone numbers, email addresses, things like my state bar numbers, all the way up to longer messages comprised of several formatted paragraphs with frequently shared information for clients, colleagues, and others. You can also create snippets that will automatically correct typos in words you tend to misspell or mistype. And these are available anywhere that you're typing, whether it's at a website or a form or in a Word document or an email. And Text Expander Statistics reporting lets you see how much time you save by using snippets for your frequently used words, phrases, even whole messages with formatting and images in your emails, your instructions, your documents, anything you type on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. So with Text Expander, you can work faster and smarter. You can use their powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. You create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and then Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. And Text Expander for Teams can help create efficiencies with your whole team, whether it's at work or an organization that you belong to, so that you can keep the whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language by sharing your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. Visit textexpander.com tpw to learn more. And remember to use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Okay, so getting into our topic this week. Often in conversations with women about productivity, the subject of procrastination comes up. Many of us struggle with getting certain things done that we, we need to do or say we want to do. I know I certainly do. Um, 
even the most productive of us probably procrastinate sometimes about some things. And with that procrastination often comes feelings of regret for the things we haven't accomplished, along with other feelings that are born of, I guess, the stories we tell ourselves about what this procrastination means about us as people. So because of the conversations that I've had, because of my own experience with this, as I said, I get a lot of stuff done, but there are still certain things that I tend to procrastinate about. And I've been thinking lately about why we do it, why even those of us that would seem to be the most productive still do this, what the result of it is, and how we can maybe replace the habit of procrastination with something else. So let's get into that discussion. As always, I start with the meaning of words. What is procrastination? We all, (laughs) all of us who experience it, know what it means, but just so that we're all using the same terms. Uh, One dictionary I looked at just defines procrastination as the action of delaying or postponing something. According to an article in Vogue France that I found really interesting, and I'll talk a little more about this article later on in this episode, but that article says this, procrastination derives from the Latin word procrastinare, I think is how it's pronounced, which means deferred until tomorrow. And this article says procrastination is irrational human behavior because even though we know it's in our best interest to act now, we delay unnecessarily. And so procrastination is, you know, what we all know it means, putting off doing something that we need, want, or should do. Why do we do it? Well, this Vogue article mentioned earlier says research shows that procrastination is tied to being easily distracted, impulsive, and having low self-belief in your ability to follow through on what you set out to do. And one of the things that I think is kind of interesting is that procrastination can become sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy when we tell ourselves we're going to do something. We put it on our to-do list or we just make a decision that we're going to do it and then don't follow through. In essence, we're breaking a promise to ourselves. And the more we do that, the less we trust ourselves to actually follow through on that, that promise that was made. And I think that's what this Vogue article is kind of referring to, that low self-belief in your ability to follow through on what you set out to do. You're not sure you can do it, and so you keep procrastinating. You keep putting it off. Sometimes we procrastinate out of a fear of failure. We, we're not sure we're capable of doing the thing. It, it feels hard, uh, and we don't want to fail, particularly if it's going to be visible to other people. And so we put off starting until we feel like we're ready, and we just never feel ready. And sometimes we procrastinate because of overwhelm. It seems too big for us to accomplish, or we can't even figure out how to start. Those are just some of the reasons why we put things off. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot more to it. And and I will have links in the show notes to several articles that I, I found really interesting and worth reading on this subject. The issue with procrastination is, in addition to it 
um, leading us to sort of not trust ourselves. If we keep breaking that promise we've made to ourselves to do a certain thing or to do several certain things, we, whether consciously or not, don't trust ourselves to follow through. But in addition, procrastination can lead to regret. And I've been thinking a lot lately about those things, how they interplay with each other, procrastination and regret. And again, going back to the dictionary and to looking at the meaning of words, according to one dictionary I looked at, regret is a feeling of sadness, repentance, or disappointment over something that has happened or been done. The Cambridge Dictionary says it this way, it's a feeling of sadness about something sad or wrong or about a mistake that you have made and a wish that it could have been different and better. And I think a lot of us feel that. A Psychology Today article that I read describes it this way, regret is a negative cognitive or emotional state that involves blaming ourselves for a bad outcome feeling a sense of loss or sorrow at what might have been, or wishing we could undo a previous choice that we made. And I think that's a great uh, description of what regret feels like, certainly for me, when I have put off doing things, put off starting out of fear, out of overwhelm, out of whatever it might be, that regret about a missed opportunity, about a, a wish that I had done it differently. One thing that I thought was really interesting, there was an article from the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute that, that notes several studies that show that the things we're most likely to regret are the things we didn't do. And this article goes on to say, regrets of inaction are stronger and persist longer than regrets of action. So we are more likely to feel strong and lasting regret over things that we did not do than things that we did do that we look back. I think the article talks about regrets of action, that is regrets about things that we did do may feel stronger in the immediate sense, but they don't last as long as the regrets over things that we didn't do. And the kind of the explanation they offer or part of it is in the article, it says, when we don't take action, our imagination fills in the blanks about how awesome the outcome could have been. This leads our minds to generate more regret as we compare what currently is with what could have been. And that to me is the kind of regret that comes from procrastination, from putting off, taking action, especially when it leads to a missed opportunity. Uh, and so this, this description really resonated with me. When I take a step back and look honestly at my life, I recognize, you know, cognitively that I do get a lot done. And so in that sense, I'm a pretty productive person. But for me, it's very easy to dismiss all that and only kind of home in on those things that I haven't done that I wish I had done or wish I had done sooner or, you know, whatever. And so that is my experience, what this article talks about, that I feel more regret about the things I missed doing, the things I didn't do, the things I put off until it was too late than even the things that, you know, the wrong things that I did do that I wish I hadn't. One other writer says this about regret. 
that it isn't just wishing events had gone differently. It also involves an inherent aspect of self-blame and even guilt. And if you're like me, that probably resonates with you as well. That when we are talking about regret, whether it comes from something we've not done that we wish we had or that we've procrastinated too long, uh, it's not just that we wish we had done it or wish we things had gone differently, but we, we blame ourselves and we feel guilty for not taking action sooner and being more productive in that sense. So procrastination can lead to this kind of regret, especially when it goes on so long that it kind of becomes too late to do whatever the thing was that you've procrastinated on. But interestingly, as I was kind of researching this, I found that several experts talked about the fact that regret itself can also lead to further procrastination. One article called How to Conquer Anxiety, Fear, Procrastination, and Regrets, which again, I'll link to in the show notes. This writer said, dwelling on regrets is another procrastination backward thinking trap. In cogitating about what you missed, you may delay decisions about what you can do to make your life better in the present moment. So essentially, every minute we spend thinking about and regretting lost opportunities, missed chances, uh, you know, any of that is a minute we cannot spend making today into what we want it to be. The article kind of says that in another way, if you focus too much on the omissions in your life, you'll draw time and energy from present efforts that can lead to a productive future. So if we are spending too much time regretting our procrastination, whenever we're doing that, we're not taking action today. So we're actually procrastinating more, if that makes sense. As I read that, I found myself kind of nodding my head thinking, yeah, that's where I've been. You know, the procrastination leads to regret and and feeling and blaming yourself for not moving faster, not taking action sooner. And you end up procrastinating on other things because you're spending time and energy thinking about what you wish you had done in the past. So it, it can become very much a trap, as that one writer referred to. So what can we do about that? What are some of the things we can do to help overcome procrastination and start moving forward in a more productive and healthy way? I think the first thing is to honestly evaluate what you're procrastinating about and even more important, why you're doing it. And, you know, we know what those things are. I bet as we're talking about that, this whole topic, you're thinking of something that you've been putting off doing, that you haven't taken action on yet, whether it's something you need to do for your job, for your family, for your personal life, or something you want to do for your own growth and satisfaction, but that you haven't taken action on. You've probably got something in mind. I know I do. And so then the question becomes, why am I putting that off? There are lots of reasons why it might be, but to let yourself be honest about why am I not taking action on this thing? Is it uh, something that's unpleasant to you in some way? Maybe there's a medical procedure that you need, but you dread having, 
And so you haven't made that appointment yet. You haven't even started. You know what needs to happen, but you dread it. You're afraid of it. You're, you know, it's going to be painful, whatever it might be. So you keep putting that off. Or maybe it's a difficult conversation you need to have and you know you need to have it with whether it's a loved one or a, a colleague at work or your boss or whoever it might be. Or maybe it's a physically difficult task, something that requires physical effort to do in your home, in your job, whatever it might be. So is the thing you're procrastinating about unpleasant to you or difficult physically or emotionally? And is that why you're putting it off? Is it maybe a task or a project that you agreed to take on for the wrong reasons? And I'm using air quotes around wrong because you know, reasons aren't right or wrong, except as you perceive them to be, I guess. If you agreed to do something that you don't want to do, you didn't want to do, it doesn't really uh, need to be you that does it, but you said yes because you wanted to please someone or you know, whatever reason that you might have done it, uh, but you didn't really want to do it in the first place. And you wish you had said no. And so you're putting off taking action on it. That might be a reason why you procrastinate. A lot of times I think we procrastinate because of overwhelm. It's a project that we're a task that we, we don't know how to complete it. We don't even know how to start. And so we're just kind of stuck thinking, but not really thinking deeply enough to figure it out, just having it hanging over our head, that general sense of dread and overwhelm, because I, I don't even know where to start. I hear that a lot. I experience that a lot with certain kinds of things that I need to do that I'll put off and put off and put off um, just because I don't take the time to figure out, all right, where do I start? How do I figure out where to start? So those are some of the reasons maybe why we're procrastinating on something. The, the point here is to recognize and be honest with ourselves about why it is we're putting it off, because then we can go to the next step. Once we've identified why we're procrastinating on this thing, then we can start to brainstorm solutions to that why. In almost every case, part of the answer, if not the answer, is going to be to break that thing down into its smallest components. Well, I call it finding the easiest way in. What is the most basic, small step toward accomplishing this task, this project, whatever it is? And, and how can I break it down into all those tiny components and basically make it too easy to, to not do it? something that can be done in five minutes or, you know, some short period of time. And so, you know, if you can break down your project into the smallest steps, maybe the first step is just to uh, look up a phone number or an address. And, and so you, you list all of these steps, the smallest possible components of this project or this task that you can then pick one to start making progress. And so to me, that's the next step. You've broken it down into the smallest components, and then you take that first step right away. Uh, look up that phone number, um, 
you know, make a list of the supplies you need, whatever it might be, depending on what this procrastinated task is. Take the very first step immediately. So you kind of get that little hit of dopamine of from actually accomplishing something on your list and then schedule a time when you're going to take the next step. So again, the first step was to figure out why it is you're procrastinating then brainstorm solutions to that, including breaking it down into its smallest steps. There are other solutions, other things that might help get past whatever is the reason you're procrastinating. And another one of those is to get support if you need it. I think for most of us, having someone to be accountable to can make a difference. Whether it's a personal project, a family project, a professional project, whatever it might be that you're procrastinating on, accountability makes a huge difference. So consider finding an accountability partner, someone else who wants to accomplish something similar, or it doesn't even need to be similar, just something that they're working toward that you can provide mutual accountability and support find an accountability partner, join a mastermind group, find a coach or a mentor, but get someone that you're going to be connecting with, communicating with, that maybe can help you brainstorm those solutions and and break down the project. And then that you'll report back to periodically with your progress. That really can make such a huge difference. I see that every time we do a productive woman mastermind women come into these groups with something in mind, a project that they've wanted to make progress on, but haven't been. And they, we help each other break them down into small steps. And then we report back each week, every week we set a goal of an, an action we're going to take or, you know, something we want to accomplish. And the next week we check back in and say, how'd you, this was what, your goal was from last week. This was the step you were going to take. How'd you do? And that can make so much difference. The writer of that Vogue France article that I mentioned earlier offers some suggestions uh, that I find really helpful toward overcoming procrastination. And the first one they talk about is learn to tolerate some initial discomfort. And I really like the way they describe this because, again, this is something that really resonated with me as something that I've experienced. What they said about this was many times before we start to work on a task, we feel bored or we feel a sense of dread. We want to get away from these uncomfortable feelings and the task that's causing them. And and so, you know, this is what leads to procrastination. And the article says, while this can make us feel better in the moment, getting away from it, you know, distracting ourselves, finding something else to do, uh, might make us feel better in that moment because we've sort of turned our back on that feeling of boredom or the sense of dread or whatever that emotion is. But the writer says it can affect us in the long term. When people begin to procrastinate on a regular basis, they choose instant gratification, that is relief from those unpleasant feelings, over distant rewards and future goals. That's what we do, right? Uh, It says repairing their mood quickly and getting stress relief as soon as they feel uncomfortable becomes a priority. But delaying in order to feel good can have harmful consequences in the long term because it can lead to, here's that word again, regret, 
suffering, and even mental illness. This writer says, if we want to overcome procrastination, instead of fleeing from uncomfortable feelings, sit with them for a bit. Identify the negative emotions that are arising in you as you prepare to work and just continue with your task. Anything unpleasant you're feeling initially is temporary and dissipates. The more you learn to tolerate this transient discomfort, the more your self-control builds and you start to see yourself differently. You start to see yourself as capable. And this is the birthplace of motivation. And I really like this. This was one of my, you know, one of the best things in this article for me uh, that really spoke to me. Other suggestions um, that this writer offers, in addition to learning to tolerate some of that initial discomfort, suggested choose the emotion you want to focus on. And what they're talking about here is that whenever we start to work on something, you know, that we've been procrastinating on or any task at all, we might feel stress when we start to work. We might feel annoyance. We might feel whatever discomfort, whatever kind of emotion that we're feeling. But the writer says there are other emotions that we're experiencing as well. We might have a desire to learn something new and become more proficient at something or to get promoted at work. And maybe that desire or that feeling, that positive feeling is kind of drowned out by the negative emotions but it is there. And the writer says, we all have an inner landscape of emotions that we're feeling at any given time. And we can choose which emotion from this inner landscape we want to focus on. So this writer says, instead of thinking how much we loathe beginning a project, we might tap into the wish to enrich ourselves mentally or professionally. This not only makes it easier to engage, but it makes doing the work more meaningful as we're connecting with our values and motives. And again, I really liked this because it it goes to the whole point of we can choose what thoughts to think at any given time and what thoughts we think drive the emotions that we feel. And so as we, you know, try to get ourselves to start on a project or a task that we've been procrastinating on, we can pause for a moment to to think about how am I feeling here? What thoughts are creating those feelings? And how can I redirect that and, and choose a different emotion to focus on? They also suggest allowing yourself to do it badly. Sometimes we procrastinate because we're unprepared and or we feel unprepared and we want, you know, we don't want to do it until we know we can do a really good job. But this writer suggests give, give yourself permission to do it badly because that'll make it easier to dive in and get started. And the truth is if you're allowing yourself to do it badly and you get started, you will improve as you go. And finally, another one of the suggestions this article makes is to just, just act act now and motivation will follow is what the article says. We procrastinate sometimes because we think, well, I'll feel more motivated tomorrow or the next day or after I get some rest or whatever. And the truth is that's not likely the case. And we don't have to wait to feel motivated before starting. Usually once we get started, the motivation comes. 
So some really good stuff in that article. I encourage you to check it out if that's uh, something that, you know, this is a topic that's of interest to you. The link will be in the show notes for this episode. Now, my favorite thing I read while preparing for this episode is a blog post written by author Darius Foro, F-O-R-O-U-X, called When Procrastination Turns Into Regret and How to Avoid It. Uh, It offers some really good food for thought, but what I especially liked in the article, and it's not a real long article, so it's a pretty easy read, but lots of good thoughts uh, to kind of meditate on, I guess. What I especially liked in in the, the blog post are what he calls his 10 lessons that will help you avoid regret. He reminds us first something we all know, and that is that putting off our dreams for one week turns into a month, then into a year, and then into decades, and finally we die with regret. He then goes on to say, if that sounds harsh, it's because it is harsh. When you keep procrastinating, you become one of those people who never do what they say. And none of us want to be that person. We don't like feeling that way. And that's where that regret comes from. And and so it's a reminder well taken, I guess, from, from that blog post. And then he shares his 10 lessons, all of which are good. But uh, some of my favorites were that he encourages us to stay curious He says, if you let your curiosity drive you, you will never run out of motivation and inspiration. And I think that's such a good reminder, uh, whatever age you are, but certainly as we get older, it's easy to become kind of complacent and forget to be curious and interested in things. But staying curious and, and being eager to learn new things can help keep us motivated and inspired and and moving forward on our goals. He also suggests, or one of the lessons that he talks about is the importance of limiting entertainment, which I thought was interesting. What he said here is that consumption numbs your senses. You become a zombie who says, feed me, feed me. And he encourages us to create more instead of consuming more interesting thought. And, you know, I've really been mulling that over because I know that I have a tendency to procrastinate by, you know, entertaining myself, watching YouTube videos or something, instead of actually doing the creative work that I want to be doing. And another one of his lessons is the the importance of creating value, that when we feel that we are adding value into the world, uh, it is more uh, motivating it, for most of us to to get started and keep going on these things that we would otherwise maybe procrastinate about. And he defines value as anything that's helpful to others. We we have that drive, don't we, to make a difference uh, and to to create value to do to help other people. And doing that, finding that piece of whatever that task or project is, will help motivate you to keep going. So I guess as I think about all of this and I'm trying to process it in my own life, uh, a couple of the kind of takeaways for me include uh, encouraging us all to rethink the stories we tell ourselves about our own procrastination. Procrastination doesn't mean we're lazy. It doesn't mean we're unproductive. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. Even, as I said earlier, even the most productive people you know 
procrastinate sometimes about some things. There are reasons why we do it, and we can, we've talked about how to kind of look into that and find ways to get past it. We can choose to let go of those thoughts, those negative thoughts, those stories we tell ourselves about what our procrastination means about who we are. We can put those thoughts away. We can let go of those and instead learn new habits for dealing with those tasks that we've tended to put off. The other thing I think about is that rather than dwelling in regret, we can instead choose to learn the lessons from those times when we have missed opportunities or made choices that we'd like a do-over on. We can, rather than dwell on those and, and you know, f- feel that regret and the shame and the guilt, learn the lessons from it and then apply those lessons today and tomorrow to make now and the future better, created in the way that we want it to be. And finally, I guess a reminder, and I say this to you and I say it to myself, uh, to give yourself grace because making a life that matters is a journey, not an event. It never, it's, it's not something that just it's one and done, but it's an ongoing journey. And sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back but we can continue to learn and grow. We can learn the lessons from those things that we perceive as the mistakes of our you know, procrastination or, or anything else for that matter. Take those small steps, celebrate the small wins, rest when we need to, just like you would on a, on a long hike, and just keep moving forward. So those are some of my thoughts on this topic of procrastination and regret I'd love to know what you think. And specifically, is there something that you've been procrastinating about that you're ready to take some action on? What is your first step and when are you going to take it? I hope you'll think about that. And if uh, if you want to talk about it, if you want to share your thoughts on this topic, maybe things that you've used to overcome procrastination in your life, techniques or or support systems or whatever else, I'd love to hear what those are. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 434. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that is a place where we can talk about this and maybe find an accountability partner if there's a particular type of project that that you think you would benefit from having someone kind of come alongside you from wherever they are in the world uh, to encourage you and you can return the favor. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, Don't forget that for listeners of this podcast, Text Expander is offering 20% off your purchase of this outstanding productivity tool. Uh, It really is one of the very first things I put on any new device I have, and I use it many, many times a day to save time and be more efficient and effective in my written communications. Uh, You can learn more by visiting textexpander.com slash tpw. 
and use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I am grateful for you. I don't take it for granted. I hope you felt like it was worth the time that you invested in listening. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.